Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, the greatest radio shows of all time. Suspense. The Shadow Node. Washington calling David Harding. Counter-spy. Classic Radio Theater. The Great Gildersleeve. Fibber McGee and Molly. Dragnet. Gunsmoke. The Lone Ranger. Now step back into a time machine with your host, Wyatt Cox. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. A crazy show straight ahead here on Classic Radio Theater. We'll wrap up the Flight 6 matter with Johnny Dollar in our next half hour. But right now... Bud Abbott and Lou Costello, February 3rd, 1949, a Sam Shovel case of the chairman of, no, the case of the Chinaman who poisoned his own food, or he committed chop suicide. Hey, Abbott, what time is it? It's time for the Abbott and Costello Show. We're on the air for ABC here in Hollywood. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's go with the Abbott and Costello Show. Yes, it's the Abbott and Costello Show, produced and transcribed in Hollywood for your listening and laughing pleasure with chuckles by the carload and music by Matty Malnick. So hold on to your chairs, folks, for here they are, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello! All right, all right, all right. Stop, stop that noise. Oh, well, excuse me, Abbott, I couldn't help it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is strictly to the audience. Ladies and gentlemen, right now we introduce our new special feature on the Abbott and Costello program called Start the Music. To the person that can identify this tune, we will give a beautiful television set. Now here's the tune. I know! That's the third note in the second movement of George Gershman's Rhapsody in Blue. Blabbermouth. <laughs> Our contest. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out and come over here. Where were you this afternoon? Uncle Mike got arrested. He was standing in the front door in his long underwear when they surprised him. <laughs> Why didn't he escape through the back door? He couldn't. It was buttoned down too tight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, never mind your Uncle Mike. Uh, who's that letter from? That's from my Uncle Tom. He settled down in Egypt. Now he's got a harem with 3,000 wives. It's great. I can imagine, with 3,000 wives. Yeah, he says that every morning when he comes down at breakfast, he sings the harem song. The harem song? What's mm. that? 
I call everybody darling. <laughs> what a bunch of idiots in your family. I don't know why I associate with you. I've got royal blood in my veins. Oh, you have? Yes. Well, my I grandmother. Got, uh, I think your pardon? That's mine, yes. My grand <laughs> My grandmother went went back to Sir Walter Raleigh. My grandfather, my grandmother smokes a pipe too, you know. <laughs> You know, I gotta leave now, Abbott. I gotta date with my new girl. She's from Texas. She's a real cowgirl. She spends all her time with her cattle. She eats with the cattle, she sleeps with the cattle, and practically lives with the cattle. Are you going to make love with her? Well, only if the wind is right. I... <laughs> Folks, you're in for some real laughs with our zany stars tonight. Hey, Abbott! All right, all right, Costello. What was all the excitement at your house last night? I beg your pardon? What was all the excitement at your house last night? Well, my Uncle Mike came home loaded, and he started an argument with my Aunt May. She wanted him to stay home, and he wanted to go out, so he put his foot down. What happened? He went out like a light. <laughs> my Aunt May dragged him upstairs, put him to bed. <laughs> then some neighbors dropped over to play some cards with Aunt May, and while they were playing, that's when the accident happened. What accident? Somebody held up gin, and Uncle Mike broke his leg trying to get downstairs. <laughs> Costello, your Uncle Mike is a lazy loafer, just like the rest of your family. Your brother Pat is always hanging out in Hollywood and Vine. And, just a uh, second. What do you mean, just a just second? Just a second. My brother Pat has a right to be on the corner of Hollywood and Vine. He's a veteran, and he's looking for a house. Wait a minute. I Wait a minute. I thought the government built him a house. That's the one he's looking for. It uh, keeps blowing away. <laughs> Brother Pat still going with that uh, rancher's daughter out in the valley, Lou? Nope, he's married to her now. Well, well, that's fine. After 15 years, he finally married her. Uh, what, what got into him? Buckshot. Buckshot. <laughs> Buckshot. He married her because her father is one of the biggest cattlemen in Nevada. Someday she'll own all that cattle. How can you say that, Abbott? Does my brother Pat look like the type of guy that would marry a woman for a prime ribs? <laughs> Costello, why do you always talk like a nincompoop and act like an idiot? Because I refuse to put on airs. Uh, <laughs> well, never mind that. I noticed you bought a lot of medical books yesterday. What are you doing with them? I'm studying plastic surgery, Abbott. You a surgeon. You don't know the first thing about surgery. Listen, you, I once operated on a guy who took his brain out and put in a bottle of alcohol. You took a man's brain out? Early. Where is he now? Last November, he got elected to Congress. <laughs> You a doctor? What proof have you got that you're a doctor? Just look at the label on the inside of my coat here. Quick, come on. What does it say? Hot Shafter and Mars. I'll read the rest of it. Uh, Baltimore. And the rest of it. What does it say? MD. MD. There you are. Any more questions? I... <laughs> Mr. Costello, Mr. Costello. Oh, who's this guy, Costello? This is my new show for Milton. What is it, Milton? I did the shopping just like you told me to. Yeah. I drove all up and down Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. Here's a key to your car and a steering wheel. Uh. <laughs> the keys and the steering wheel. Uh, where is the rest of the car? All up and down Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> Why do you let an idiot like that drive your car? Well, it ain't his fault, Abbott. The traffic is getting worse here in California every day. Next week, they're putting in some new traffic laws. New traffic laws? Yes, every driver in Hollywood is going to have to drive with a big stein of beer alongside of him or on the front seat. Well, how will that help? Well, everybody knows that two heads are better than one. <laughs> well, we'll have 
still have plenty of new laws, Costello, now that President Truman has gone back to the White House. And well, Governor Dewey's gone back to Albany. And Congress has gone back to sleep. I... <laughs> Costello, you have no right to make fun of our present administration. Yeah, but I was only kidding. When Truman was elected, I sent him a telegram. No kidding, I did too. Of congratulations. And for Christmas, I even sent President Truman's little dog a flute. You sent the president's dog a flute? A flute. And why not? When Harry plays the piano, who'll be able to tell whether the pooch is sharp or flat? <laughs> well, well, boys. Did I hear you discussing politics, huh? Let me introduce myself. I'm Senator Cobb from Cobbler's Knob. Glad to meet you, boys. Senator Cobb from Cobbler's Knob. Sounds I... like a new character coming into the show. Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't believe I ever heard of you. You never heard of me? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm the man that put in that great big pipeline. The pipeline from California all the way to Washington, D.C. To carry oil from the oil fields? No, sir. This pipeline carried chocolate marshmallow sundaes with whipped cream and hot fudge sauce clear across the country. How did it work? Well, it worked fine, but for one little thing. And what was that? The pipeline busted Missouri, and half of St. Louis got gooey. <laughs> <laughs> so long, Louis. <laughs> You know, I'm glad that Senator Cobb dropped in, Abbott. Maybe he can help my Uncle Mike uh, get his invention patented. Your Uncle Mike's got an invention now? Yep. It does away with all those wet paint signs on freshly painted buildings. How does it work? Well, when somebody starts to touch the paint, a voice yells, Get away from there! The paint is wet! Don't touch that! The paint is wet! Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where does the voice come from? My Aunt May. She sits on the roof. <laughs> Hello, boys. Well, well, it's our lovely secretary. Uh, Viola Vaughn. Oh, yes, Viola Vaughn. You look beautiful tonight, Viola. How about you and I stepping out after the show? No, no, you don't have it. Viola's going out with me. Oh, well, I hate to disappoint you boys, but tonight I'm giving my cat a bath. Well, how about tomorrow night? Uh, tomorrow night I'm taking my cat to the cat show. How about Saturday night? Oh, Saturday night I'll be busy. What's your cat doing? I... <laughs> You know, Viola, I got a beautiful cat. It's a Persian cat, and it's very unusual. Every night it sits on a fence and calls to another Persian cat that lives in the next block. Well, what's unusual about that? It's a Persian to Persian call. <laughs> Viola, why don't you break your date and go out with Costello? Oh, I can't. My date is with Bert Lancaster. Oh, you don't want to go out with him, Viola. Why not? Well, he'll only take you to some expensive place for dinner, then to the Macambo, then to another expensive place for dancing. It will kill your whole evening. Costello, I like Bert Lancaster. Why? He's young. I'm young. He's romantic. I'm romantic. He has big, broad shoulders. I got big, broad shoulders. He makes $150,000 a year. I got big, broad shoulders. <laughs> Costello, how can you compare yourself with a great dramatic star like Bert Lancaster? And besides... He's got money to burn. So what? Everybody's got money to burn. These days, it's cheaper than coal. Believe me. Costello, tell me, what have you got against Bert Lancaster? Oh, he's always putting on a big front. He drives three cars. Well, lots of big stars drive three cars, Lou. At the same time? I... <laughs> oh, I just 
just can't wait until I meet Bert. I'm just dying to have him hold me in his arms. What's the matter with me holding you in my arms? Viola, it looks like you're going to have to make a choice between Castell and Bert Lancaster. Now, who's it going to be? Well, when a girl has a chance to get a porterhouse steak, you wouldn't expect her to settle for a can of Strongheart. <laughs> Besides, he doesn't love me anyway. What do you mean? Well, Costello had a chance to move into my apartment building, and he wouldn't take it. That was on account of the lease they wanted me to sign. It said no playing radio in the building after 8 o'clock. No visitors after 9 o'clock, and you've got to be in bed by 10. What's wrong with that? I'm not staying up an extra hour for nobody. <laughs> oh, so long, fatso. Now you've done it, Costello. You've hurt her feelings. Well, she's a nice kid, Abbott. Only there's only one thing wrong with her. She's girl crazy. Girl crazy? Yeah, she keeps telling me if I don't find another girl, she'll go crazy. Get him out of here! Get him out! And there's a lot more mad stuff still to come. Right now, I'll change your face to let you hear this. February 3rd, 1949, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. Classic Radio Theater family, you know our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by just creating the best pillow. He created the best bed sheets ever. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me because, you know, I'm working like 67 hours a day. Now, Mike's offering the best deal on this Giza Dreams bed sheets ever. You can get a set of Giza sheets for as low as $29.98. You'll never want to sleep on anything else once you sleep slept on a set of Giza Dream sheets. A special offer for you right now. You can get a set of Giza sheets for as low as $29.98. Call 1-800-928-4715. Use the promo code WYATT or go to MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WYATT. It's good on anything on the website. That number again, 1-800-928-4715. Use my promo code WYATT. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And you're listening to Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox on your favorite station. February 3rd, 1949. Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. 
Hey, Abbott. Could I go home a little early tonight? What for? I got to do a little work on my Sam Shovel Crime Laboratory. I'm going to mix some nitroglycerine with hydrochloric acid and TNT and heat the mixture on my stove. You dummy, if you do that, you'll blow the roof off your house tonight. Oh, no, I won't. What makes you so sure? I blew it off last night. <laughs> Costello, why don't you quit the Sam Shovel Detective business? You're not smart enough to be a detective. You're ignorant, illiterate, and uneducated. I am not uneducated. <laughs> I went to school and I was smart too, Abbott And I'll never forget the day I was promoted from the third grade to the fourth grade The day you were promoted from the third grade to the fourth grade? Yeah How can you remember that? Because that morning I was so nervous I had to get my mother to shave me (laughs) (laughs) And anyway, I'm not going to quit the Sam Shovel Detective Series Our listeners are crazy about it Here's a fan letter I got today And it says, Dear Lou Costello As Sam Shovel Detective, you are the funniest guy I ever heard When I listen to you, I shake the house with laughter Last week, I laughed so hard I thought the ceiling would cave in I'm coming to the studio to see you tonight Mr. Costello, there's a man here to see you What does he look like? I I can't can't tell tell. He's He's all all covered covered with plaster plaster. I figured out (laughs) Never mind him What's your Sam Shovel story about tonight, Lou? Well, it's one of my oriental cases, Abbott One of my oriental cases I call it the case of the Chinaman Who poisoned his own food or he committed chop suicide. <laughs> well, let's go on with the case. Oh, definitely. And now, the makers of Sludge Motor Oil present the adventures of Sam Shovel, private detective. But first, a word about our product. Motorists... Have you been changing your oil every month? Switch to sludge. When you use sludge motor oil, you will never have to change oil. Of course, every six months, you'll have to get a new car. (laughs) Does your motor ping? Switch to sludge and it'll pong. (laughs) Then you can sit and watch your motor play ping pong. (laughs) The next time you buy sludge motor oil, fill up with its companion product, Naco gasoline. And remember, friends, Naco gasoline not only contains ethyl, it contains Mabel. We know because <laughs> Mabel fell into one of the vats at the refinery this morning. So if you want extra mileage, use Naco gasoline. Listen to what one of our satisfied customers has to say. Duh, duh, duh. I bought two gallons of Naco gasoline before I left Chicago. Uh-huh. When I got into Los Angeles this morning, I still had two quarts left. Thank you, sir. Uh, what kind of a car do you drive? Uh, who's got a car? I got a cigarette lighter. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Remember, friends, Naco is the greatest selling gas in the market. We've got to sell it in the market. The filling stations won't touch it. <laughs> and now to the adventures of Sam Shovel, private detective. <laughs> Yes I'm Sam Shovel Sam Shovel, private detective They call me a private eye I can smell a murder a mile away I can smell a frame up I can smell anything crooked Private eye They ought to call me private nose I'm sitting here in my little office I notice a mouse crawling across my office door. It's a church mouse. (laughs) 
I open a drawer of my desk to check my equipment. There's my gun. There's my handcuffs. There's my binoculars. Comrade, I got the plans for the secret weapons. Those are my spy glasses. <laughs> I decide to fill out my application for a 1949 California driver's license. They're making the test tougher this year. To get a license, you have to learn to speak pig Latin. That's so you can talk to the road hogs in Hollywood. <laughs> On my desk, I notice a picture of one of the cleverest women crooks in the business. She was what the police call a top drawer thief. When I finally caught her, she had a garage full of top drawers. <laughs> she was a cute girl, but very shy. The first time I saw her, she dropped her eyes. I picked them up. <laughs> One was an agate. <laughs> she had a little turned-up nose, a real turned-up nose. Every time she sneezed, she blew her hat off. <laughs> she had a very clever racket. She'd make a friend of a guy, kiss him, and give him a cold. Every guy she met, she'd give him a kiss and give him a cold. I finally arrested her for making friends and influencing people. <laughs> you work hard in this detective racket. I always remember my mother's advice. She said to me, Sam, if you want to get a job, remember the early bird catches the worm. I followed that advice for 20 years. I never got a job, but I got about 8 million worms. <laughs> she also gave me my brother, Pat... His advice also. She said to him, go west, young man, go west. He followed her advice and drowned. <laughs> he was living in Pismo Beach at the time. <laughs> Suddenly I see someone coming into the office. Hello, Sam Shovel. Hello, Lieutenant Abbott. Pull up a chair and sit down. I'm tired. I've been taking care of the Mount Cop's horses. I've been working in the stables all day. Pull up a window and sit down. <laughs> Sam, I've been working on a fur robbery case. Somebody stole a mink coat, and the mink coats are hard to identify. I'm an expert on furs, Lieutenant. You know, there's two types of mink, male and female mink. Sam, that's a good thing to know. Yes, especially if you happen to be a mink. <laughs> oh, forget about the case, Sam. Tell me, how do you like my new suit? I had to admit to Lieutenant Abbott... That he had good taste for clothes. Of all the detectives in town, Abbott has the best taste for clothes. He can chew up a vest and tell you what kind of gravy is on it. <laughs> Lieutenant Abbott, why do you always wear that big elk's tooth with a diamond in it? What's wrong with that, Sam? Lots of men wear a big elk's tooth with a diamond in it. In the middle of their upper plate? <laughs> This remark made Lieutenant Abbott smile. I love to see him smile. He only has two teeth. But he has the most beautiful set of gums I've ever seen. Well, Sam, you've got to admit I'm a self-made man. When I was born, I was very poor. I had nothing. Lieutenant Abbott is right. He came into this world empty-handed, and he had a head to match. I worked hard to get where I am. For 20 years, I've had my nose to the grindstone. Must have been a butte when you started. 
Whatever you think of Bud Abbott and Lou Costello, you do have to admit that these Sam Shovel shows were pretty much on the beam uh, with all of the uh, crime and detective shows of the day. Bud Abbott and Lou Costello, February 3rd, 1949. Thank you so much for tuning in to Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. The conclusion follows these important messages here on your favorite radio station. Thanks for tuning in to Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, straight ahead, but now back to Sam Shovel. <laughs> oh, that's the Lou Costello person, you know. Uh, it's uh, February 3rd, 1949. Never mind that. Sam, we've got to do something about crime in this town. Every day it gets worse. Yes. I know. Only last week, the girl next door, Mary Brown, had her good name ruined. Mary Brown? Mary Brown had her good name ruined? How did it happen? She married a guy named Hoopensnorter. <laughs> Hello, Sam Shovel, private detective speaking. Uh, detective Sam Shovel, this is Constable Smith speaking. Uh, bing, uh, um, um, I've got an unsolved murder out here. I need your help. Uh, come out to the Jones farm at once. Constable, I'll be glad to take the case. How do I get to the Jones Farm from my office? Well, now, let me see. Uh, let me see. Um, Jones Farm. Oh, yeah. You drive out the Cucabunga Turnpike, you get to the schoolhouse, turn left, cross Covered Bridge on the county road. Now, watch yourself. There's two roads there. Now, one of them's pretty bad. So, you take the road to the right, you got to watch for falling rocks, and mind the mud, it'll be up to your windshield. Why don't I take the road to the left? Oh, no, that's the bad one. <laughs> Ain't there a better road than that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, just drive down Route 101. That's a fine road. Will that get me there? No, but it's a fine road. <laughs> Look, Constable, I can't work on a case unless I get to the Jones farm. Uh, that's true, that's true, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what you do. Uh, say, uh, Sam Shovel, uh, do you know where the new Hollywood freeway is? Yes. Uh, tell me something, will you? Yes. When are you going to finish that darn thing? <laughs> Look, Constable... How do I get to the Jones Farm? Oh, the Jones Farm. Uh, well, well, where are you now? I'm in Los Angeles. By golly, I just happened to think. What? You know something? You can't get here from there. <laughs> What's up, Sam? It's murder. Come on, we're going to the Jones's farm. <laughs> Turn in this driveway. Lieutenant Abbott, you're a mighty reckless driver. You shouldn't drive that car so fast. Sam, it's my car. I'll drive it that way till it falls apart. <laughs> You've got to be careful what you say in front of these old cars. Uh, Constable, Sam hmm? and I are here to investigate the murder. Hmm? Who's the victim? Oh, Farmer Jones. Uh, you'll find the body out there in the chicken coop. Well, good luck, boys. Well, so he went into the chicken coop. I started looking for clues. Sam, that big rooster looks suspicious to me. Look, he's got an axe under his left wing. I'll question him, Lieutenant. 
Mr. Rooster, did you kill Farmer Jones? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Why? Well, today is Sunday, and all us chickens were just dying to have some real southern fried farmer. <laughs> Costello, you did it again. That Sam Shovel stuff of yours is getting dopier every week. Really want to be a detective? Why don't you go to school and try to learn? Now, just a minute, Abbott. I happen to be a college man. You wouldn't even know what a college... You wouldn't even know a college if you saw it. Oh, yes, I would. All right, what is a college? A college is a big stone building covered with vines and surrounded by veterans and trailers. I, I thought so. You never went to college. And I doubt if our writers did either. And talking about our writers are pretty nice guys. Our writing staff is headed by Pat Costello with Paul Conlon, Martin Ragaway, Leonard Stern, and Eddie Foreman. Our singer is Hal Winters... And our producer is Charles Vander. And we'll be back with you next Thursday night. Good night, Good night folks. folks. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Listen each Thursday night at this time for another great Abbott and Costello show, produced and transcribed in Hollywood. Be sure to stay tuned for the outstanding entertainment which follows throughout the evening on this ABC station. February 3rd, 1949, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. Now on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox, we wrap up the Flight 6 matter. A yours truly Johnny Dollar story. This was originally broadcast February 3rd, 1956. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Here is your call to Mexico City, senor. Oh, thanks. Hello? Macklin, Department of Civil Air Transport. Hi, Mac. Dollar, what have you learned in Acapulco? Ah, not very much, I'm afraid. But you said you were following the girl down there. Marvel Terrence. Yeah, and a few others who might have had a hand in the explosion aboard Flight 6. Beneficiaries of the insured on that flight. What others? Ramon Delagos, whose wife died in the crash. Don Serrano, her brother. Bill Blakely, whose business partners were aboard. Well, have you and Gino learned anything from them? From the girl? Not yet. But you said she might know who caused that explosion aboard the plane. Right, and she promised to talk. Well? Your little helper, Gino, and I just pulled her body out of the surf down below the hotel here. Johnny? Murder? Yeah. Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Acapulco, Mexico, to the Home Office Guaranteed Transport Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the Flight 6 matter... Expense account, final page. <laughs> Item 12, $1.80 for the phone call to Mac Macklin in Mexico City. I had to get Mac out of bed to tell him what had happened. That Marvel Terrence had been murdered. That somebody had silenced the girl around whom the whole case had seemed to center since Flight 6 had exploded in midair three nights before and carried the passengers and crew to their deaths. 
Mac was shocked and offered any additional help I might need. But he had no new information at his end, and it was obvious now that any answers would have to be found right here in Acapulco. As I hung up the phone, Gino Romero came rushing in from the hotel terrace. Senor Dollar. What is it, Gino? A prowler is out on the hotel grounds. The police cars go to block off the road at the bottom of this slope. Good, come on. The stairs are over this way, senor. Right with you. A little light wouldn't hurt anything down here. It's no time. This way, into the brushes. Footpath. All right, lead the way. Over there is only 100 feet to a cliff. The other side is the road for the hotel. It is the only place anybody can go. It's down this slope. Yeah, but there are plenty of places to hide. And see, senor, but it's a matter... Oh, wait. Huh? Listen. Listen. We could hear someone moving through the jungle growth a few yards away, moving swiftly but cautiously. Then a sudden silence. Whoever it was, it also stopped and was listening for Gino and me. We waited for the fugitive to move again, straining our ears, trying to tag the location. Seconds passed. Then a slight rustle ahead of us. Gino nudged me and we slipped quietly toward the sound. Get your hands up. Well, well. Buenas noches, senor Dollar. You seem to be quite a night owl, Don Serrano. Not ordinarily, senor. The circumstances which place me in this rather awkward position are not usual ones, I assure you. You were up there prowling around the hotel. Why? I was looking for my unmentionable brother-in-law. Ramon de Lagos? Why? What made you think he'd be here? I went to his hotel... He was not in his room. I knew he had not been able to see Miss Terrence since she had spent the evening with you. So I assumed he might be waiting for her here, at her hotel. And my assumption has, of course, been proven correct. Did you see him? No, but I heard the police discussing the murder of Miss Terrence. It was obviously Ramon's handiwork. Still after him, huh? My feeling about Ramon is not a secret, senor. Nor his about you. So why did you go to his hotel? To kill him. Why else? Time was running out, so we took Don Serrano back to the hotel to the police. One very important person hadn't put in an appearance. Gino went down to Bill Blakely's room, knocked on the door, then opened it with a passkey and went in. Blakely wasn't there. We searched the room. The bed has been sleeping, senor. Yeah, yeah, I notice. But for how long, that's the question. It's possible he was wake up when the senorita screams before she escaped. He might have been... He must have dressed. His pajamas are there on the floor. I wonder. Sorry if it was a quarrel of lovers, the jealousy. He did not like it when the senorita will go with you tonight. I don't think it's that simple, Gino. Let's get this bag open. Have a look inside. Maybe we can. It's not even locked. He seems to have been traveling light. He... There on the top, senor. Yeah, I see. What is it? Box of thirty-eight caliber cartridges spilled open. And that piece of oilcloth. He had a gun packed in here. No, it's gone. He got up, loaded a gun, and left. Took the gun with him. If it was before the scream, that's one thing. But if it was afterward, then... What are you thinking, senor? I think we'd better take the police with us. Get over to the Hotel Caleta and check up on our third suspect. Ramon? But Don Serrano said he is not there. Don Serrano could say anything. I think we'd better get over there, Gino, and do it fast. (laughs) 
clerk said room 34. That's the second door down. See, si. Let's go. Roman. Roman. Who is it? Johnny Dollar. Open up. Watch yourself, Gino. See. Si. Come on in, Dollar. You're Blakely. Yeah. Better hand over the gun, Blakely. You won't get a chance to use it now. The police are out in the lobby. Okay. All right, thanks. Ramon didn't show up, huh? I wish he had. That's all I was asking. Just one clear shot at him. Are you sure he's the one who killed her? Sure enough. Did you see him? No, but he's the one. She was scared of him, Dollar. She told me earlier in the afternoon, before you got down here to Acapulco. Told you what? She said Ramon had followed her here from Mexico City. That he'd been acting strange. She said she was glad I was staying at the same hotel. That she didn't want to see him or talk to him. Yeah, it figures, all right. It checks with what she said to me last night. If she'd only given me a little more to go on. She was a real great kid, Dollar. The greatest as far as I was concerned. Yeah. As soon as I realized what had happened, I loaded my gun and came here to wait for him. I figured he'd try to get back to his room. But he didn't show. It's too bad. She was a real great kid. And I'd have died for her if she asked me to. I loved her. She was a... Mira. Come on, Gino. Si, senor. Ramon had been spotted. He started to enter the hotel, saw the police, turned and ran. He was armed with a pistol. He'd fired a shot at one of the police officers and then jumped over the balustrade and disappeared into the dark curve of Caleta Beach. The police cars quickly threw a cordon along the bayfront street and blocked off both ends of the stretch of shoreline. For the moment, Ramon was trapped somewhere on that beach. He tipped his hand now, and he was desperate and dangerous, and he had a gun. Gino and I went out on the beach after him. There's many place to hide here. Not for long. They'll have some more police here within a few minutes. Come on. Uh, it's maybe better we wait, senor. I do not think Ramon is planned to be taken alive. I can still see that girl, Gino, lying at the foot of the cliff. Si, senor. I remember. I... I it. Mm, what is it? There, by the water, is... No, I am wrong, senor. It's only a boat pulled up on the sand. Yeah, it's a paddle boat. Well, I think it's better maybe we separate, senor. I look in the pavilion, the cabanas. You stay close by the water. In this way, we'll have him between us. Good idea, Gino. But you've got the rough end of it. Take care of yourself. Si, senor. cover along the shoreline here. Yes. Do not move, senor. Do not make a sound. Well, Roman. So you were hiding behind that boat. I have nothing to lose now, senor. If you make one move or try to call out, I will kill you. Yeah, I think you would. All right, then, what comes next? This boat. You will push it into the water. But be very careful. If you make any noise, even by accident, I will kill you. Quickly now. Hurry. Relax, Ramon. You don't have a chance anyway. We will see. Careful now. Be quiet. Good. Now get in, quickly. Sure. Take the paddle. Head out across the bay and be very quiet or I will kill you. All right, Ramon. You're just wasting your time. They'll have a police launch out here within ten minutes. I do not think so. They will not know. Quiet! Quiet! 
One more sound from that pedal and I will shoot. Marvel Terrence. Why did you kill her, Ramon? She made me crazy. So beautiful. And with so very much money. I thought she would be most easy once Maria, my wife, was dead. Then it was you who blew up the airliner in order to kill your wife and have a clear field to go after Marvel. Marvel did not know I was married and Maria was going to tell so her. So you sabotaged a plane and killed her along with ten other innocent people. And what happened tonight? Did Marvel turn you down? She said she was suspicious of me and she was going to tell you about it in the morning. And she said she was falling in love with you. She made me crazy. I wish you had got back into that hotel, Ramon. I wish you'd got there before I did, while Bill Blakely was still waiting for you with a loaded gun in his hand. Be quiet and paddle faster. We must get farther up the coast in order to... What is that? Police launch. What did you think? I told you you didn't have a chance. No, they could not get here so soon. Well, I forgot to mention the fact that they'd already phoned for one. And then they do not know yet we are out here. Good. Keep paddling. Quickly. He half turned his head to look back toward the launch. I took a chance and swung the paddle. His shot went wild and he didn't get a second try. I caught him back in the air and he dropped like a log. The police located our boat a few minutes later and hauled him over the gunnel and into the launch. And that should have been the end of it. But none of us realized Ramon's insane desperation. He'd only been pretending unconsciousness. On board the launch, he snatched a gun from one of the officers and tried to take over the boat. He didn't have a chance. He took a full volley of shots from three police pistols square in the chest. Expense account item 13, $312.20. Hotel and incidentals in Acapulco and Mexico City and plane fare back to the States. Expense account total, $608.10. End of expense account... End of report. Remarks? I'll never see another sunset now without thinking of her somewhere out beyond it. I hope she doesn't feel alone anymore. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Remember, there'll be another intriguing story for you beginning next Monday night. Next week, a dead girl comes to life in a case that's packed with lies. Yet every one of them comes true. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Les Crutchfield, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in this week's cast were Virginia Gregg, Ben Wright, Edgar Barrier, Don Diamond, Russ Thorson, and Jack Moyles. Musical supervision by Amerigo Marino. Be sure to join us on Monday night, same time and station, for another exciting story of Yours Truly... Johnny Dollar. This is Roy Rowan speaking.
February 3rd, 1956, yours truly, Johnny Dollar, here on Classic Radio Theater. Do me a favor and visit our webpage, classicradio.stream. There you can stream our shows on demand. You can learn more about Classic Radio Collecting, and you can follow me there. Learn a lot of the stuff I talk about in the show, you can find there at classicradio.stream. Don't forget that our shows are always available anywhere podcasts are served, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, Spreaker, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Overcast. Just search for Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. Thank you so much for spending a part of your day with us. Would you do me a favor and thank this radio station and support their advertisers? Their kindness and courtesy allows us to be here each and every time we roll around. Tell all your friends the great radio shows are right here on this spot on the dial. Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox on your favorite radio station.